What's up, family? You are tuned into Law and Disorder, a podcast where we expose the cracks in our system, agitate for resistance, and collectively build a new world in which all of us can thrive. From KPFA Radio and the Pacifica Network, I'm your host, Kat Brooks. Last week, a group of people led by political operative Seneca Scott announced their recall effort against Oakland Mayor Shang Tao. This comes hot on the heels, y'all, of the recall efforts of Alameda County's progressive district attorney Pamela Price and, I might mention, is reflective of right-wing efforts across the country to pull progressive cities to the right and build a voting base ahead of the 2024 election cycle. Joining us to discuss is Sabir Lockett, the founder and executive director of Pathways to Peace, as well as the lead organizer of the Four Peace Coalition. Good morning, Sabir. Hey, good morning, Kat. How you doing this morning? I'm doing all right, brother. And um, I hope you are okay, too. I think we're also trying to get Minister McCants on the phone, but I'm not sure if we have him yet. Um, if you're there, Pastor, can you say something? I am here. Okay. And we also have uh, <laughs> Pastor Jeremy McCants of Allen Temple and the East Bay Alliance for a Sustainable Economy, or eBase. Good morning to you both. Um, <clears throat> before we get into the recall, actually, um, Pastor, I've had you on the call before, and I've had folks from eBase, including Sabir, uh, on the show before. But Sabir, tell my listeners a little bit about Pathways to Peace. What What do you all do? Oh, so uh, Pathways to Peace is a um, health and wellness uh, mentoring um, organization. Uh, what we do is provide direct services to CBOs uh, seeking guidance around trauma and meeting the needs of the entry uh, community. Um, and that can look several different ways, but ultimately, you know, the theory of change is that, you know, we provide services and housing, mental health services, we provide um, workforce development training and things like that for re-entry population coming home uh, to reintegrate back into society. But one of the things that we have not been taking more concerted efforts in is dealing with the vicarious trauma that folks who are incarcerated, incarcerated face. So mm -hmm. we aim to like meet the trauma needs so we both serve the person as well as their immediate needs, but the person so we can stop the rate instead of it. And part of why I want to bring that up, because I think it's super important about the, the, the conversation we're going to have today, right, um, in, in terms of addressing people's trauma and addressing root causes as, you know, before, as I say, the bullet flies, as opposed to um, what we usually do, which is respond afterwards and respond punitively and with a failed carceral system. Um, your organization, as well as eBase and my organization, Anti-Police Terror Project, and many others are part of the Four Peace Coalition. Um, can you tell me about the mission of the Four Peace Coalition? Oh, yeah. So, and then, so the Four Peace Coalition, you know, it's just a, a collaborative organization who are doing, you know, direct on the ground work. And like you just mentioned, like what happens before the bullet, right? Like what are the, the, the uh, pre-measures that we put in place to decrease violence in our community and kind of really hit the needs of the people? So we focus on everything from like mental health services, right, to uh, civic engagement and training our community and advocacy, you know, uh, job training, job skills, and then just, you know, boost on the ground. You know, we go to the places that other people don't go. When we talk about public right. safety and meet the needs of our community and our young people, you know, like the places that people don't go to and they say like, hey, you know, it's too violent over there and people are moving out the neighborhoods, but we're in the neighborhoods, right? And, and we're feeding the people and we're providing resources otherwise that they wouldn't have that's leading the crime, like food, basic necessities, right? Housing needs, um, 
and you know ultimately uh letting our people know that they're worth something right and that we love them you know um a lot of our people deal with trauma and, and the fact that you know broken family homes and things like that so we out here saying we love you you know we all we got and we're going to work together collaboratively with, uh, 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 with you and with um groups who are also interested in the same um upward mobility for our people and our liberation yeah, and, and I failed to mention, of course, Community Ready Corps, and, and you see those brothers, you know, Brother Chahaak and Che and, and you and um, so many on, on the corners in deep East Oakland, not, you know, get giving people, um, meeting people's material needs and, 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 and saying, I love right. you. Um, the Four Peace Coalition held a press conference yesterday to say no to the recall. Um, Pastor, I'm going to bring you into the conversation. What are your primary concerns about this recall effort? Awesome. Yeah. Good morning. Good morning. Uh, Kat, thank you. Happy New Year and uh, good morning to the Happy KBFA Year, family. Yeah. And just a, just a point of clarity, I am speaking as a, a independent faith leader. Um, so I don't want to, um, I know it's a new year, we're hitting the ground running, um, but I am not speaking for Alan Temple. Um, just wanted to make that, that distinction. But yeah, I, uh, you know, major kudos to our brother Sabir Lockett, who, you know, organized uh, the action yesterday to uh, stand up and, you know, the, the, the phrase that we are standing behind is don't use our pain for political gain, right? Um, and, and as a faith leader, I'm always appealing to our moral aptitude. Uh, we, we thought it prudent to center grace, you know, grace not only for our uh, leaders, but for ourselves. Um, and, you know, my, I think my main, uh, what, what's ruffling my feathers, if you will, is just the same energy and especially resources that we are using to um, to uh, you know to move these recalls is the same energy and resources that we could be using to alleviate and to address the problems directly that they claim um, elected officials are not addressing. Right. Um, so we just wanted to like really center um, uh, grace and that you know in the church we say mercy is when the divine withholds that which you. Uh, mercy is when the divine withholds that which we do deserve, but grace is when the divine gives us what we don't deserve. Um, and, you know, I kind of press that deeper to even what does it mean even when you do deserve it? You know, I think I met the mayor and the, and our progressive city council, they've, they've done a, a lot with little. Um, I think a lot of the things, what I echoed yesterday was also that things take time, that it took time for all of the atrocities that we are addressing from past administrations, from years of neglect, years of um, our community is being under-resourced, under, under, um, yeah, underserved. Um, it takes time to undo all of that evil. Um, but we just have to, you know, as the bridge has been saying, we have to continue pumping in the love, pumping in the good, but let grace lead us and let grace bring us together to strengthen our collective wheels to address the issues that we want to, to see addressed. Don't use our pain for political gain. I mean, that's something that, um, not exactly those words, but I've been screaming from the rooftops, right? It's been, it's been a very clear, I think, uh, manipulation of the, the very real conditions our people are living in, right? It's, it's no joke that going outside in Oakland um, is a thing. It, it, it's, it, their, their cars are being bit, people are being, um, somehow I got on this stupid list surf, and every morning I wake up, right, to another, um, 
act of violence that has happened in my community. That said, um, we've been watching people manipulate our people's uh, pain and trauma and fear in order to push for more um, carceral solutions, which we know are not actually solutions. And it's really, um, Sabrina, I'll turn to you. Like, I feel like we are back in the 80s and 90s when the government flooded our communities with crack cocaine, um, took away all the resources, right? Just replaced it with the carceral state. And mm -hmm. black people were literally, literally clamoring for the three strikes bill, right? We were literally saying, uh, three right. strikes law. We were literally saying yes to the 1994 crime bill because we were promised safety, which we we did not get. Can you talk about the rep the replication, the recycling of that narrative and the impact it's having on our people and what you're doing to combat it? Yeah, definitely. I think that's a great point. Um, because like, so I'm originally from LA, but I lived in the Bay Area half my life. Mm -hmm. um, you know, I had the fortunate ability, you know, some people think it was a disadvantage, but I think it was an advantage that my parents were separated when I was young. And I lived half my life in the Bay Area and half my life in LA. So I think what we're dealing with now, to your point, is that um, crime has always been an issue, and fear-mongering has always been a tactic um, to push our people into this state of uh, fear and hysteria to move a political agenda that has not been for us, right? It has actually disadvantaged us. Um, and so I am also really uh, shocked when I hear Oh, crime is the way it has never been. No, I mean, I think the difference is that crime has has ventured out into other communities who are otherwise disaffected in the past. Right. You know, when it was just in the black community, you know, people didn't have that concern, right? Crack epidemic hit our community and crime was running rapid. You know, our families were getting destroyed, you know, the food and prison pipeline was being implemented, you know, mass incarceration, you know, these different laws was created to lock us up. Um, and that was the new uh, method of slavery, you know, and indigenous servitude and, and, and separating our uh, black families, right? And what we're seeing today is that now crime has ventured out of the black community into other communities. And now all of a sudden folks are like, oh, crime is up, crime is up. Um, when in reality, um, we're still dealing with the same issues of the lack of resources in our community, right? And I believe that some of the things that we are uh, currently witnessing um, in our current administration is again to Pastor Jeremy's point is that we are working for solutions and building a better Oakland, right? Um, past administrations have failed us. Um, and this current administration is doing everything in its power to rewrite the wrongs of past administrations, right? We have, um, for example, uh, Mayor Shaft and Armstrong defunded ceasefire program. And that's led to a, a big rise in crime and homicides in 2006. You know, it was Lily Schaaf who made the decision to cut walking patrols in Chinatown and the business districts in 2020, right? In that administration, homelessness increased by 131% under the staff administration. And it was the fiscal policy that has left us in this unprecedented $350 million deficit in the city of Oakland. Um, and this administration, again, trying to right those wrongs, has implemented, you know, uh, 911 dispatch systems for faster police responses, right? Has implemented uh, technolo technological advances in uh, crime prevention that to make our uh, city safer. Has invested in um, uh, uh, violence prevention programs and reinvestment in ceasefire and uh, supporting, you know, multiple different efforts 
to reduce the crime in our community. And these are the things that uh, we need to continue to work on. We need to be uh, be collaborative in community, and we need to understand like co-governance and what that looks like to work with our community, to work with our elected officials, to make a better Oakland. And again, stop the fear mongering that only leads to disinvestment in our community and the oppression of the black community as a whole. Right? I mean, that's just what we're dealing with. We're dealing with an unsolved on a black community. We always have, um, and these attempts. Uh, for recall would only put us back, right? The the cost of this recall, I don't think, I think folks are caught up in a lack of information and a lack of data, right? And then it's easy to say uh, what someone is not doing or we need to do something better. But when the data is saying that we are actually making progress and we're um, moving in a direction that's going to collectively build Oakland and have a better Oakland, then those are the things that we need to be uh, behind and supporting. I'm, I'm going to cut to the chase because there's some some dots I want to connect and I'm running out of time. But to the, the point you made about taxpayers, Oakland is ground zero for two recall efforts, right? I mean, yes, the, the recall effort against District Attorney Pamela Price is uh, all of Alameda County, but it's going to impact um, Oakland taxpayers, um, as will the recall effort against Mayor Tiles, should they get the number of signatures that they need, which is 10% of the population, money that could be well spent um, doing other things. Sabir, you were listing out things that Mayor Shang Tao, Oakland Mayor Shang Tao has done. She has also, I mean, folks know, right? I'm executive director and, and co-founder of the Anti-Police Terror Project. So I have a very specific mm-hmm. um, belief system around that we are not going to incarcerate our way out of where we're at. Um, and the reality is right. that Mayor Tao has responded with the carceral state. She's invited the California Highway Patrol in. She's approved surveillance cameras. She's increased the budget for 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 the police department. And my point about that is not an APTP critique, but the primary gripe um, of a political operative Scott. And I'm using those words intentionally. And the million billion dollars that are backing him is crime and the assertion that not only is did it begin with Mayor Tao, which you just right blew that out of the water, um, and the firing of former Oakland Police Department Chief Lauren Armstrong, but that she's doing nothing. And so we just listed out all the things that she is doing, the things that they say they are clamoring for. So it can't be, it cannot actually in reality be crime and that she's not doing something. Connect the dots for, mm-hmm. for us about what this may be about and Mr. Scott's connections to former elected officials like Lauren Taylor. Well, what it's about is that, you know, this current administration is battling um, disgruntled politicians who basically lost their race. And looking at this recall attempt as another way to try to gain power and to shift the narrative uh, back to the neoliberal uh, right, right-wing politics and effort control Oakland. Um, and I understand that too, because uh, like me, I'm a person, I was impacted by the criminal justice system. So I don't believe that we're going to incarcerate ourselves out of problems as well. But the cost of this recall in conjunction with multiple recalls that, that's trying to uh, currently take place is basically about $4.5 million. You know, this recall is going to be, you know, if, if possible, if it goes through, what that would do is put us in a $4.5 million deficit. That's, that, that's what's going to be the cost while we're already in a deficit. And the solutions that we need and the dots that we need to be connected to is that these are the resources that we need not to incarcerate people, but to have affordable housing, to continue to invest in um, uh, 
job opportunities and resources for our community to continue to build you know infrastructure that's going to be more sustainability for our people and provide material needs um and this is taxpayers money that we need to be using more effectively and and not for political gain again using our pain for political gain that is not what we need to be doing with this money this money needs to be uh, served for our people um and i think that's what the real dot is it's not about incarceration but it's about investing in our community some that we have been fighting for for years, some APTP has been fighting for for years. We need to be set a resource, we need to be reallocating funds in areas that we know have been proven to be most effective for our community to be sustainable um, and to, so that we can work together and then build an open that we can all proud of. All right, y'all, I gotta wrap this up, but Pastor McKenzie, I wanna give you an opportunity to say any last words. Oh, thank you, Kat. And uh, yeah, I mean, I think Sabir definitely hit everything on the head um, that this, you know, what we're experiencing in Oakland is a microcosm of us going on in the country, right? And we talk about it across the country, right? When operatives are weaponizing recalls to attack progressive electeds, you know, and even from um, institutions of education, right? Dr. Claudine Gray being pushed out of Harvard, all of these things that are kind of uh, circling around, you know, the re we're not even the reemergence of Trump, but you know, preparing the way for Trump and Trump's, you know, cronies to come out. So, um, uh, yeah, I just want to echo that, you know, Oakland is a microcosm of what's going on, um, you know, uh, on a larger scale, and that we have to definitely be on our P's and Q's as those who are, you know, fighting for justice, fighting for liberation, fighting for black liberation specifically. And um, yeah, I will end there. No, and that's a really, really important point to end on. And, and you know, something that I say, often right we we are the vanguard right and the the last you know 15 years you know when we kicked off this iteration of the fight against state violence um and and then intersected that with so many other issues facing um oppressed people right the, the country moved too and the state is clear right they take oakland down right they take the birthplace of the black panther party down and the radical progressive politics that have shaped this nation um the the rest of the nation is is in trouble so um i definitely believe that we are being targeted and that the the resistance right here is critical we've got to hold the line and um along those lines Sabir, if people want to get engaged um in the resistance efforts or in in the four peace coalition and its work how do they get a hold of you okay well yeah you can definitely uh get, get in contact with us so i want to give a shout out to crc community great Corps yep. and turn out and the beautiful work that's being done in communities I would suggest that folks uh, follow CRC on Instagram, on uh, Facebook, on um, on the web, um, and really, you know, see what we're about. Um, get engaged, you know, come out and volunteer, you know, come out and serve the community. We're all over uh, open, right? We're in West Open, North Open, East Open, and uh, uh, most downtrodden areas and disinvested areas in our community, and we are serving our people. So come out and volunteer with us. You know, get engaged, see what we're about, and uh, you know, and, and support the Four Peace Coalition in our efforts to um, right the wrong of historical disinvestment in the Black community, and um, and and support our our liberation efforts towards self determination. All right, thank you, brothers, so much for coming on the show this morning. And I have a feeling I'll be seeing you in the streets very, very soon. Thank you so much, guys. Yes, Appreciate you, and happy New Year. Happy, happy New Year. Year. 
You've been listening to Law and Disorder, a podcast where we expose the cracks in our system, agitate for resistance, and collectively build a new world in which all of us can thrive. That's it for this episode, family. You can find more information about topics and guests in this episode's show notes. Law and Disorder is produced at KPFA. That's listener-supported radio on the Pacifica Network. The show is produced by Jesse Strauss and hosted by me, Kat Brooks. Our theme music was composed by Steve Raskin of Fort Knox Five. If you like what you heard, please follow us on social media at Law and Dis, that's D-I-S, and subscribe wherever you listen to podcasts. Feel free to holler at us about something you heard or send us a show idea at lawanddisorder at kpfa.org. You can also find our content live at 8 a.m. weekdays on KPFA. That's 94.1 FM in the Bay Area. Our show and all of KPFA's programs are funded exclusively by you, the listener. And if you're in a position to support us, please donate today at kpfa.org. Take care of yourself and take care of each other. We all we got, fam. <laughs>